Hey, Lils. Hey, Scott. It's going to be a big night tonight. Uh, I mean, sure, probably. Big night. Yeah, may- maybe. Why, why is something happening? A big, big night. Okay, why why are you so hung up on this? What's going on? <laughs> you won't Ian be leaving home. Because <laughs> it's a you... big night. Are you okay? Uh, maybe I'm a toochie bit disturbed. Because <laughs> it's a big night. Are you having a stroke? Shaloub I am. Because it's a big night. Uh, do, you, do, you smell, do you smell toast, Scott? Should I call someone? Yeah, can you get me a mini driver for my big night? Oh, yeah, I'll get right on it. Be right back. Big night. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. So fucking good, I should kill you. <laughs> Tear me apart, Lisa! Snap out of it! You owe me 15 grand, pal. I love you! That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kurland, and for the first time since September, we have our favorite lily pad. Scotty, Scott Pocket. Scott Pocket. So, uh, for Snubs and Shrugs, we picked a snub. Uh, Lils, what did we watch? We watched the, uh, we watched the 1996 movie Big Night. Starring Tony Shalhoub, Stanley Tucci, Minnie Driver, or as I like to call her, Tiny Automobile Operator. <laughs> no? Ian Holm and Isabella Rossellini. And for some reason, you almost Mark forgot Anthony. Latin pop superstar Mark Anthony. I just said him. <laughs> Tell me, baby girl, because I need get, to know. Get, get, get By his full title, please. <laughs> Uh, Latin superstar Grammy Award winning recording artist Mark Anthony at this time was trying to be a movie star. He had we one other our... screen credit. Oh, yeah? What was that? Hackers. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Mark Anthony was in Hackers? Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie because it's so stupid, but I do not recall seeing him in Hackers. But I, I believe you all the same, though. <laughs> In, okay, so why don't you give us the blockbuster rule for this, and then I'll say why it's here for snubs. Okay, uh, it's the 1950s. Two Italian immigrants are currently, you know, working with a fa- with a failing restaurant that, uh, despite you know engaging in very very well regarded traditional sort of Italian fare, they're not quite making ends meet. So they decide to just sort of do as one last ditch sort of thing before the bank forecloses on them to host a really famous musician from the 1950s at the restaurant. And who and is that famous musician? Uh, Louis Prima. Or as we know him in the Jungle Book. King Louis. 
What if that was the reason em- why Louis Emperor- Prima wasn't there? <laughs> Emperor Louis. What if that was the reason why Louis Prima wasn't there? It just cuts to like, where is Louis Prima? And he's just in a uh, recording <laughs> in a, box. In a recording it- booth. It's like, when is Louis Prima going to get there? Smash Ooby-doo. Gun. Ooby-doo. <laughs> That that's the that's the version of this movie I want to see. So this is a snub in my opinion. The door this just would... opens. It's like, hey, it's me, Phil Harris. I heard there was a party going on. Get the fuck out of here. And hey, we're the vultures who sound like the Beatles. I'm John. <laughs> I don't think they'd hit America by that point yet. No, in in uh, in this, this the... took place in like the fifties, didn't it? Fifty seven. Yeah, but like the Beatles didn't really hit America till like 64, 63. I know, or so. but in the Jungle Book. <laughs> oh, right. Hey, hey, can I see you? I'm, over th- here I'm, for a minute? I'm, can, I'm thinking can, can, I'm thinking about this. Can I yeah, see yeah, you? I will look, I will I will fully admit that I was overthinking that for one second. Yeah. I, you're, can you just that, We, you're, we you're, haven't done this bit in 2 years. I'm trying to explain myself you're hectoring me. Stop hectoring me. You're hectoring me. We haven't done this bit in 2 years. You're hectoring you're hectoring me as though no time has passed. Ha. Fun. Yeah, we haven't done that bit in almost 2 years. And there's been ample opportunities too as well. Yes. Yeah. We're not we're not doing that on Hell as a Musical though. It's it's exclusively a writer's bagel basket bit. <laughs> what if I was just like, hey, can I see you over here? Why are you talking about Hell as a Musical? It's your podcast too. <laughs> but that you, you're, you're hectoring me again. Now, what did I just say about the hectoring? <laughs> so uh the reason why this is in here, um so when we were in high school, I got into watching like classic movies and movies that like inspired me to go to film school. And this was one of the movies, and I always felt this should have been nominated in 1996. There were plenty of movies that uh, have been nominated that year that I felt did not deserve it. One of them being The English Patient, which, full disclosure, I've never seen the movie The English Patient. It's just so boring. I've heard how boring it is. And I haven't seen it either, but that's pretty much the only thing I know about it is that it's very boring. And it's three hours long. Hmm. So... So everything I, I know about it is from the Seinfeld episode. But this movie, like, everything about this movie should be an Oscar-nominated film. Mm. The writing, the whole, like, homage to Italian cinema, the amazing performance from Ian Holm. Yeah, like, I don't claim to know a lot about film, but this definitely did have all the sort of underpinnings of, you know, an, an Oscar-worthy sort of film. Like, especially with, like, some of the camera shots that were taken and just, like, lovingly sort of focused on the food and all that sort of stuff. It's and a very it's a very food-centric movie. That's why I suggested this for you, because, like me, you love cooking, you love food. Mm. Like, so I thought this would be the perfect movie, and Chef is a little too on the nose. <laughs> but, but the food in this movie is so good. Oh, yeah, it looks fantastic. Um, also a crazy thing in the, uh, the credits of this movie. So build like sixth or seventh is Caroline Aaron, who she was, uh, one of the moms in house arrest. She is, she is, uh, Midge's mother-in-law on, uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel or ex mother-in-law. She's in like everything. She has like five minutes in this movie. She's the woman, the annoying woman at the beginning, who's like, "You don't get pasta with with a side dish." I'm like, 
That's her. And she's billed like seventh. <laughs> well, it's billed in order of appearance, too. And one other thing I noticed during the credits, and like, the, if there's no way this was brought up, but like one of the actors is credited as Chubby. Well, that's the end credits. I'm talking about the beginning and then, credits. And the then beginning... further along, Chubby's wife. <laughs> the beginning credits, it was like uh, Mini Driver, Ian Home, Tucci, Isabella Rossellini, and Shaloub all like in one <coughs> shot. And then it said Big Night. And then the, the next three names that you see is Allison Janney, Caroline Aaron. And, and it's like Caroline Aaron is barely in this movie. She complains and then she's gone. <laughs> Well, is she like a big actress by the point this movie came out yet? Because they might have just included it just for like, oh, look who we got. Her biggest purposes. role at this point was she was the voice of the therapist, the online, uh, the on-air therapist for Sleepless in Seattle. That was her biggest credit. And she's oh. not even seen on screen in that movie. Then I have no explanation whatsoever. <sighs> I, I don't know. Just I just to get know. back to the uh, food sort of thing, full disclosure, before I sat down to watch this, um, I got some drive through McDonald's for lunch, and I was sitting and eating that and watching it at the same time. And, and not satisfied? It only, it only took a couple of minutes before I realized, I'm cheapening this whole experience, aren't I? So I watched this last night while I was eating... Uh, I basically made myself some rigatoni and mm. garlic sauce. Yeah, I think now that I've seen it, I really want to make some pasta for dinner tonight. Yep. <laughs> That's what this movie does. So, mm -hmm. so again, with this movie, like it was so influential for me for like film history, but it also made me want to cook. Like, mm. I mean, you and I both watched Binging with Babish. And he oh yeah, made... that's that's honestly where I first learned about this movie. And this week he made the risotto. Yeah, that seems almost like providence right there. Kismet, if you will, <laughs> and other words for a funny coincidence. Happenstance. <laughs> Deja so, vu. So the crazy thing about this movie Deja is Deja vu. That... Yeah, I get it. Don't you fucking dare. Don't you say it. Say what? I'm not saying it. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the crazy thing about this movie is how there are only two actors of who are actually Italian in this film. Oh, yeah? yeah. I, I assume one of them was like the barber that, uh, that uh, Primo was sort of confiding in. Uh, I meant of the leads of like oh okay of the so out of Tucci Isabella Rossellini Shaloub Ian Home and Minnie Driver the only two of uh, Italian ancestry are Isabella Rossellini and Tucci because <laughs> mm. like Ian Holm and Minnie Driver are both British Mark Anthony is I'm not sure which country but some variety of Latin and uh, I'm not sure where Tony Shaloub is from uh, Tony Shaloub is Armenian. Ah, okay. So, so it, it's just insane. And the way this movie got made is Stanley Tucci was tired of people not casting him in films. So he's like, I'll write my own role. I mean, did it help? I mean, he, kind of. Uh, he didn't have to star in any more Polly Shore movies after this. Oh, that's he was an in unfortunate jury duty. way to start. That's an unfortunate way to get started. Yeah. 
I mean, he was also in the movie Monkey Shines and Prelude to a Kiss. Hmm. So, with this film, I just feel like the opening scene when when they're arguing about the woman who who uh, did not like the risotto. Well, I mean, it's not so much that she didn't like the risotto. She also asked for spaghetti as a side dish. And, like, I'm no gourmand, but I even I know that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and, like, they would charge you for the, for the meatballs. And it, it's just such a compare and contrast of, like, how amazing their restaurant's food is. And then you go across the street um, <laughs> to Ian to Pascal To Pascal's Fancy Olive Garden. Yeah, what I was going to say, I wasn't even going to be that nice. I I was going to say that it's like having this like beautiful, rustic Italian restaurant and then across the street is like a Papa Gino's. (laughs) I think you were being too nice with the Olive Garden. You think? Or like a macaroni grill. (laughs) Come join us and be off Amiglia at Olive Garden. Here at Pascal's, we have the greatest food. It's elbow macaroni with some tomato sauce. Okay, it's ketchup. Come for our bottomless Alfredo trough. It's got some cheese. Also, did you notice who his, like, second-in-command who has no lines of dialogue in this movie was at Pascal's? I did not. It was Liev Schreiber. Oh, that was Liev Schreiber? Yeah. Were you like, that guy looks like Liev Schreiber. That's so wild that... You would put Liev Schreiber in any movie and not give him anything to say. Because this was before, like, I think his first real role was a year before with Stanley Tucci and the Day Trippers. And then Mm. Tucci's like, hey, why don't you just come on to my movie for a couple of days? Hmm. Yeah, so this movie was directed by Stanley Tucci and Campbell Scott. And Campbell Scott is also an actor, but if you don't know who he is, his dad is George C. Scott. Hmm. You know, the general from uh, Patton. He played Patton and Patton. Right. He was also the general in Dr. Strangelove. Yep. And he was also, what was his name? Uh, Van Leach in Rescuers Down Under. McLeach. McLeach. That was it. McLeach. And he got uh, hit in the football with a groin and won an Oscar for it. Ah, my groin. <laughs> ah, my groin. <laughs> uh We did 20 takes, and that was the best one. (laughs) So, okay. Tucci in this film is the most unlikable character. Like, I I think that... Well, you remember what his character's name is, right? Yeah, uh, Secundo. He's Secundo, and his brother is Primo. Right. So, I, I think he's just so... Like, his character is supposed to be, like, our hero, but, like... He's kind of the biggest dick. Yeah, he's a very sort of, like, even for all, you know, the ways the movie humanizes him and makes you sympathize with him, it's still hard to get past how slimy he can be sometimes. Like, and, very, and like, manipulative. All right, so if I was in his, his shoes and I had the choice of being in love with Minnie Driver, who he's supposed to be in love with, or Isabella Rossellini, who he's having an affair with, I picked Minnie Driver. Minnie Driver's character was so sweet and so nice. And she's there helping out to get the restaurant ready for their big night. And he's sleeping with Isabella Rossellini. Hmm. And Isabella Rossellini in this movie is like wasted. 
Yeah, she's barely there most of the time. Yeah, she's like, she's like, sleep with me. And he's like, no. Until like the one time at the end where she's like, oh, right, I care now. Yeah, she's like, oh, don't act like you actually called Louis Primo. It, it's Shaloub who, okay, so the people I wanted to see get nominated for this film, I wanted to see this movie get nominated for Best Picture. I wanted to see this movie get nominated for Best Screenplay. Then I would love to see Shaloub get nominated for Best Actor and Tucci, but it's hard to do dual actors. Um, hmm. And I wanted Minnie Driver to be nominated for Best Supporting Actress and Ian Holm. I love Ian Holm in this movie. He's so good. Hmm. Like, Bilbo is bringing it. <laughs> yeah, he really goes above and beyond to create a slimier individual than Secundo. Yeah, I, I love how Secundo is like, did you do all of this because I slept with your wife? And he's like, no, I don't care. I cheat on her all the time. I did it because I'm a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> I care about you. No, you don't. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I want your brother, dum-dum. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess you can come too. Because that's what he says. He's like, your brother is the talent. Your brother is the talent. I mean, you are too. You, I guess you can come as well. If you must. And like they set the scene so subtly. The way you know that his restaurant needs a new chef is because as Segundo is going to basically sleep with Pascal's wife as he's driving away, their oh head chef... His, his his chef is on fire. <laughs> I wanted to see more of that character, by the way. Would have you loved for them to just I, cut I'd in, watch... like, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd? <laughs> <laughs> so, I... so you think you can tell. The chef is in hell. <laughs> Got Kings cut Le- by blue cheese. Kings of Leon just starts playing. It's like, oh, the chef is on fire. I'd watch a whole movie about a chef constantly on fire. Hey, should we put you out? Nah, I'm okay. I mean, that didn't really... I didn't really make that connection at first that, um, you know, that was why he was on fire because, like, he was literally getting fired or something like that. And well, that it, it was new, because he was a bad a chef. chef. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't make that connection, but that makes a lot more sense now. I thought it was literally just, oh, here's a burning chef. Artsy. See, if, if what's his name, if Pascal was smart, his, his character was so rich that he was able to basically, um, the scene where him and Campbell Scott go for a joyride in the convertible. Uh, oh, you mean Bob? Yeah, I, I, love, I love when they introduce him. How did you break your hand? No fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I love when... He's so rich that he can just decide that he's going to go joyriding and buy this car. So why doesn't Pascal just buy the restaurant and and basically he has his, you know, gimmicky restaurant across the street and then he's like helping them do this restaurant? Just a thought. Hmm. I mean, he probably thinks he's being a shrewd businessman by just waiting for them to fail. So that but, way he wouldn't have. So that way he wouldn't have to buy them out. But he is a shrewd businessman. Uh, the movie doesn't make that abundantly clear. I love how his restaurant is like 
all of these people are just going there and having like a good time and they don't know why. It's almost like he's the devil. <laughs> and they're like, why are we here? Uh, lasagna. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, right, lasagna, I get. Yep, that's exactly why I'm here. You know, I think we might be in hell, Manicotti. Oh, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Say, wait a minute, this looks a bit like hell. Fettuccine, ooh, I think, don't mind if I do. Wait, I thought you were from Italy. Why'd you have a British accent? Because <laughs> he's Ian home. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> hey, can I see you over here for a second? No, I'm <laughs> um, but yeah, so also the things that are wrong with their restaurant is it's just the two of them and and Mark and Anthony Mark, for, and Mark Anthony. But they Cristiano. have a they have a bar and a host stand and they don't have anyone guarding the bar or the host stand. Oh yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought of that. And they have this like Pablo Pagasso like artist who just gets free meals from them and Shalhoub's like, "Ah, it's okay. I'll pay you in, you know. I'll let you pay me in paintings." Hmm. Yeah, Tucci might not quite be the shrewd manager that he thinks he's being. Yeah, I love how he's like, oh, okay. Also, the scene in the bank when the bank manager is like trying to like cut him off. And he's like, oh, I know about redesigning. Like when we were, he's like, yeah, very nice. Shut up. I'm going to foreclose on your place. And if they were going to be it, smart. It definitely feels like an instance of like, we've had this conversation way too many times. Let's just get straight to the part where you owe me money. Yeah. Well, if he was going to be smart, to show how good his restaurant is, why didn't he invite the bank manager? <laughs> That's a good point. Like, because all I think of is Bob's Burgers, where, like, Mr. Fo- Fish Odor is like, you're behind in the rent, Bob! And then he eats one of his burgers, and he's like, you know what? You can wait to pay me, because you're an artist. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it would have been a smart business move if he just invited the bank manager. He hmm. invited Allison Janney because he was trying to get his brother laid. <laughs> yeah, who who exactly did he end up inviting? Like, I mean, Pascal was there. Uh, the florist Allison Janney was there. Um, a rever- a random priest was there. Yeah, a bunch, just a bunch. Just it just seemed to be just a bunch of random people that might have just wandered in off the street, and and like the and, co- and, and oh, and one photographer. Yeah, like they were supposed to send a reporter, but they just sent the photographer. And um, there was, uh, was it Bob the the car salesman? Yeah. The car and, dealership guy. Yeah, and which one was his wife? Was it the blonde or was it the brunette? Because he ended up going home with both, which makes me think that he's having a menage a trois. Oh, yeah, Bob, Bob's a player. <laughs> yeah, because at the end he's like, you want you want to come home with us? And, and Tucci's like, no, 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 thank you, thank you. Have fun. Yeah, Bob's a player in the most 1950, in the most 1950s sense of them all. Yeah, and... I just love. I think. I think the blonde was his wife. The uh, the the his, the blonde was played by uh, Dina Spivey, who, if you have ever seen Greg the Bunny, she was Dottie. Oh wow! Yeah, hmm. she. I haven't so, seen Greg the Bunny in a while. Yeah, so she she played the TV show hostess of of this kid's puppet show cartoon. Right. Um, I love how she starts crying, and they're like, "Why are you crying?" And she's like. Because my mom was a terrible cook. 
I love leading up to this movie. Like there, there are little signs that there's turmoil in their lives, and like uh, that speech that he gives to Minnie Driver about like not wanting to marry her is like the meanest thing I've ever heard anyone say. To it someone. is. It totally is. That should have been like the biggest red flag right there. Just like get out of there. <laughs> it is no longer about marriage at this point. He is like he is fucked. Because what I would have, I would have preferred for them not to even write um, Alice and Janney's character in. I would have preferred that Minnie Driver's character was the florist who was with Segundo, but Primo was in love with her. Hmm. But then there wouldn't, then there wouldn't have been that uh, you know subplot where Secund, where uh, Secundo is cheating on her. No, there still could have been. Oh yeah, that's true. It just what we wouldn't have been privy to West Wing star Academy Award winner Allison Janney. Hmm. I mean, if anything else, it would put Primo at least on a similar moral ground to Secundo because it really seems like his only problem is that he's just kind of stubborn and shy. He's very shy. Hmm. That's why he couldn't ask out Allison Janney. That's why Segundo is like, oh, of course he wants you there. You see, my brother is very shy. He wants to. Uh, Ask you out if you know what I mean. Sex. It's the fifties. <laughs> well, what if he like was like so on the nose? He's like, he wants to ask you out. Sex. <laughs> he wants to ask you out of your dress and panties. I'm he sorry. He wants to bonk you. <laughs> We're from Italy. We're very blunt. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way. Th- that's just the way things are in Italiano. Oh, what was with that guy who, like, out of nowhere just starts lip-singing Rosemary Clooney? That might have been chubby, now I think, that I think of it. I think that was chubby. So-called chubby. Imagine being, like, an actor and being like, I finally got a role in a movie. When did you get? I play a guy who lip-syncs Rosemary Clooney. Yeah, what's your character's name? I don't know. Let me check the credits. It... Oh. <laughs> Chubby. But also imagine like the other act like the actress who had to be like, what's my character's name? Chubby's wife. Aww. Great. <laughs> so my character is going home with the used car salesman, right? <laughs> Went to Juilliard for this. I s- okay, so getting into it, like the movie really doesn't start getting feet until they start like preparing the dinner. Hmm. And, like, every scene that, that Tucci is in, when he starts yelling at um, uh, Mini Driver about the eggplant, that it's too thick, it's like, you know what? You don't need this, Mini. Hmm. Yeah, why is he getting so pissy at her? Like, she she has she's, she has done nothing but help up to this point. I, I know. It, it's crazy because he is... So unappreciative, and he's just so dead set on not going back to Rome, where it sounds like his uncle is making, like, this amazing restaurant, which he would be manager of, and his brother would be head chef. Like, his uncle owns, like, four restaurants. Just, it's it's okay to get help. Mm. You have nothing keeping you there. Are you secretly in love with Mark Anthony? Like, is there... <laughs> Like, Mark Anthony, does he even have lines in this movie? 
Uh, yeah, like at one point when they told him to wait out front for Louis Prima, he goes like, I don't know what he looks like. Oh, okay. And I think at one point he's like, please? And they're like, yes, please. Uh, other than that, he's pretty much just there to just kind of stand around. And eat scrambled eggs at the end. Uh, yes. He, he eats an omelet, thank you very much. There's no cheese or, or vegetables in it. They basically... They, well, I, I didn't say it was a good omelet. <laughs> I remember watching this the first time. I'm like, who would put olive oil on a pan to make mm. an omelet? But I, I still... I, I gotta talk about Ian Holm because he's like... Anytime he shows up in the movie is like such a breath of fresh air. Mm. Like, you know his character is such a dick... But he's so good in this movie. Yeah, he's such a uh, he's such a compelling dick. So the year that this movie came out was the uh, the films that were nominated for best picture were English Patient, Jerry Maguire, Fargo. Um, there's two other ones that I need to look up right now, but like this should have been on that list. Like it's crazy that it was not nominated for anything. This wasn't nominated for anything at all. I I have like the Wikipedia open and like it won a bunch of like film awards, but nothing on the line of like you know so major as the Academy Awards or even the Golden it, Globes. It won an Independent Spirit Award, and they were all nominated for awards for Independent mm. Spirit Awards, but. The, the the five nominees at this time were Secrets and Lies um, by Mike Lee, Shine by Scott Hicks, Fargo, Jerry Maguire, English Patient. Mm. Now, who still gives a crap about Shine at this point? Because that was like that's a movie where the only performance you care about is uh, not even Jeffrey Rush who won the Oscar, like. Noah Taylor is technically the main character in that movie because he's the young version in like 70% of the movies about him as a young man. Um, also, English patient... He's, uh, he's shiny McShine. <laughs> yes, he's he's the young version of David uh, Helfgott. Uh, so I wouldn't have nominated that. I wouldn't have nominated Secrets and Lies. Um, like... I would have replaced Big Night, and I would have added Sling Blade. Hmm. Sling, that, that surprises me. Sling Blade didn't get nominated. Or The People versus Larry Flint. Hmm. Like, this was a really weird year. Yeah, and sounds I, like it. <laughs> like, I would have nominated Minnie Driver, because Minnie Driver is like, her and Ian Holm are like the two best things in this movie. Hmm. And then Shaloub. Then Allison Janney. Then Isabella Rossellini. Uh, yeah, I can't talk. Apparently, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> then Isabella Rossellini. Then Mark Anthony. Then non-speaking Liev Schreiber. And because his character's so unlikable, Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> you really put the non-speaking characters ahead of Tony Shalhoub? I mean Stanley Tucci. I mean Stanley Tucci. That's what I mean. That's what yeah. I meant too. I I put I put Shalhoub third. No, I just because also if you know that. Knowing that he wrote this for himself. Because, like, you know, the studio was like, what about, don't you want to play Primo and get someone else to be Secundo? Don't you want to be the nice guy? He's like, no. Why would I want to do that? 
Like, it's crazy. This movie is so good, but it's also insane at the same time. Like, the dinner scene itself takes up probably 45 minutes of the actual movie. This movie is an hour and 49 minutes. Yeah, and, like, the entirety of that scene is just, you know, people partying. Or, like, having, like, like spiritual uh, experiences with the food. <laughs> like, everyone's face as they're eating is, like, what, what was it that Shalhoub said? It's, like, uh, the, you when know you, what I'm talking about. Eat, the, it was something like, I don't remember the exact phrase, but it was, like, when you eat good food, you're closer to God. yeah. Maybe that's why there was a priest there. <laughs> to give people last rites? <laughs> yeah, well, also, there's also that scene where many drivers basically like, I go to church, but I don't believe anything you say. <laughs> that's a very good sport of a priest to just not be like, what? <laughs> well, fuck off. <laughs> Father, what? I said what I said. Also, can it's, the someone- 19- it's the 1950s. Can someone please explain to me what that game they were playing, what the wedding ring was? I have no idea whatsoever. And like Sagun, like Primo, Primo explains it. Primo explains it slightly, and it still makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> like I guess you you tie a ring to a piece of rope, and then you tie that rope into a circle, and then someone has to put their hands over the ring, and then someone's in the middle trying to guess who has the ring. <laughs> My brain hurts. Great. You t- put the ring around the string. Everyone puts their hands in the middle. One person reaches out for the ring, and then everyone gets bored and go plays Goldeneye in the next room. Uh, well, this was the year of N64, so. Oh, yes. Just imagine them, like, shooting the movie, and N64 comes out, and they're like, Tony, you're wanted on set. One minute, I got the golden gun. <laughs> We're filming the tympano sheen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a second. So long, Bowser. <laughs> the okay, the tympano, the things that are in this dish should not be appetizing, but it looks so good. It does. It does. It looks very, very good. So there, it. I guess you take pasta dough and line a a baking pan or like a round pan and you fill it with ziti and then meatballs sausage hard-boiled eggs am i missing anything i think there might have also been like genoa salami in there and like lamb shanks Mm. and then you like cover it just a ton of different bolognese fixings And, and and then they cut it like a pie i couldn't believe how many courses so i was watching wandavision um, and the first episode is set in the 1950s and they talk about like having a dinner party and serving like a five to seven course meal. And that's what they do in this movie. Like, I that's didn't know it- so much food in the 1950s. Like, wasn't this like maybe 15 to 20 years after the great depression? <laughs> like- yeah. I mean, there was a lot of money going around in the 50s, but there couldn't have been that much money for these two guys that supposedly are on hard times. And I love how he just, at the bank, he takes out all this money, and and they're like, after a while, I think it was after like the fourth course, I'm like, eh, you wasted your money. Like, I understand the fish. I understand the, the Cornish game hens. 
but you did a not eat pig. That was what I was like. Okay, that's too much. And they didn't that's even show so much food. No, they didn't even show what they made for dessert. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, they didn't. Like, I thought they were making the dessert after like the timpano scene, just because like surely that must be the main course. Because like, and they were like stewing some grapes or something like that. I thought okay, but that was for the some... pig. Yeah, that's what it ended up being. And then <laughs> dessert was just not. I guess dessert was just more wine. <laughs> yeah, everyone got drunk. Also. The problem with with their restaurant is how small it is that like across the street at Pascal's there's like a dance floor, there's a full bar with two bartenders, there's like there's valets. Uh, there's valets, there's um some some lady hitting on uh Maitre D Liev Schreiber by like nibbling on his ear. Almost, it feels like Pascal's restaurant is a combination of like a Papa Gino's in a brothel. <laughs> a, little, a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah, and so the woman who's singing at Pascal's, that was Tucci's sister. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wonder how she got into the movie. Hmm, you think? <laughs> Just like Casey Affleck. And all of Ben Affleck's movies. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. I I just thought it was, like, so insane that they wasted, what, like, in the bank they have, like, $500 and 60, uh, $562, and he took out, like, $500 and left $62.47 in the bank. And it's like, pay off your freaking mortgage. Because <laughs> back yeah, then... Right? Because back then, like, I'm guessing a lease or a mortgage on on a restaurant was probably, like, maybe three or $400 a month. Yeah, you probably could pay off, like, at least half at least half of what was owed by that point. Or if it was, like, $500, you could have paid it all off. Hmm. Unless there was, like, a balloon payment or something. I don't know. There's many just, details that were not. I just picture them trying to explain to Tucci's character what a balloon payment is. Because, like, most of this movie is people trying to explain American customs to Stanley Tucci and and Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, kind of. Uh, why, do, why do I want balloons? No, no, it's called a balloon payment. Yeah, but I, I don't like balloons. Uh, please get out of my office. <laughs> So, in the actual kitchen, I wanted that kitchen. I still want that kitchen. That kitchen is amazing. Yeah, that's a nice kitchen. I don't know if it's quite big enough for, like, a restaurant of their size, though. So, have you ever been to, um, in in Cambridge or Somerville, there is a restaurant called Vinny's at Night? Um, I have not heard of this place. Okay, so it's one of my favorite restaurants in the world. I don't know if it's still open because of COVID, which is a shame. So mm. the front half of the restaurant is a convenience store, and then you walk through this velvet curtain, and there is a full Italian restaurant in the back. And wow. then in the basement, they recreate Big Night. They like If you pay like $200 for the night... <clears throat> They'll, They'll make, like, the exact courses that were in the movie? Yep. Wow. Exactly, yeah. That is very niche, but also very cool-sounding. 
Yeah, but it also sounds like it's, the only way that I would be okay doing that is if like you got half of the cast. Who like if you were to do that now, like if you were to pay two hundred and get that now, who do you think would be the celebrity you'd invite that never shows up? Oh jeez. Like if, who's the modern equivalent of Louis Prima? Sean Mendez? I Oh boy. Or, I, or I feel like the obvious answer is Michael Bublé, but he seems like he'd be very boring. Josh Groban? <laughs> yeah, pr- probably Josh Groban. Or maybe it'd He's... be like, you know what? I, I I'm gonna go on a limit, and I'm probably saying it's a it's a female recording artist, and I would say like the equivalent for adults would either be Mariah Carey or like, yeah, I'm gonna go with Mariah Carey. Or Sarah Bareilles. No. Oh, I got it. It would be Celine Dion. <laughs> that would be interesting. I want to see a version of Big Night where it's like a Canadian restaurant in America and they're trying to get Celine Dion to come to their restaurant. <laughs> Canadian Big Night. Yes. That's literally the title of the film, Canadian Big Night. It stars Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Big night in Canada. Or you have like Gosling as as the Tucci, and you have like Seth Rogen as the as the Shalhoub. As, the primo, as primo. Yeah, and he's get, like just get, making uh, a shit ton of poutine. Yeah, like Dave Foley to be uh, the Pascal role. I I would say Eugene Levy. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. And Catherine O'Hara is like Gabriella. <laughs> maybe, you get, maybe. You just get all Canadian actors. <laughs> Instead of Mark Anthony, you could get uh Rick Moranis. <laughs> Brad Roberts from Crash Test Dummies. <laughs> Once there was a place. <laughs> Seven poutine specials and other Canadian <laughs> cuisine. Wait out here for when Louis Prima gets here. I don't know what he looks like. Oh, God, that's your speaking voice? Yeah. You don't get any more speaking roles. Oh, We're replacing again. you with Brad Garrett. <laughs> I don't think he's Canadian, though. <laughs> Hello, Raymond. <laughs> uh, there's no one named Raymond in this movie. <laughs> Hello, Michael Bublé. <laughs> he's not in here. <laughs> Hello, Liev Schreiber. Wrong scene. <laughs> Hello, Hello, Campbell Risotto. Scott. <laughs> Hello, risotto. So the three types of risotto they had was, was pesto, which, like, I love how what's his, uh, Tucci's like, my brother made this especially for you. Why? Why did he make pesto risotto especially for? For Phyllis. For no, uh, no, Phyllis was. Uh, uh, Did, wasn't Trevor. that who? Wasn't Al- that like who he made the especially for like Secundo's? Uh, like no, no, he character? made it. He made it for Alice and Janney, but I couldn't remember what her character's name was. The florist. Oh, so well, I don't really remember either. So I think that he made it for the florist because pesto is like a plant-based. Anne, that's what her name was. Anne. I don't think they ever said her name. Uh, that's what apparently she's credited as on the Wikipedia page. 
<laughs> I would just love for like Jason Bateman to show up and be like, her? <laughs> yeah, it's no, as and as the nose incident, on Plane's face. Incid- incidentally, no one in the cast is credited as Chubby. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so on, sad. On the Wikipedia on the Wikipedia page. So either like Wikipedia just took pity on him, was just like, we're not gonna call you Chubby. <laughs> or or like the role just wasn't big enough for them to even mention it. There is a character named Portly. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> How about Robust? Can we call you Robust? No. <laughs> but yeah, plant-based risotto. Um Well, it was pesto. A, be, yeah. Because was... she's a florist. Uh Yeah. Cuz that that's all she likes apparently. Cuz I mean that that, that do, I mean that does kind of speak to the whole idea that like Primo is too shy to know anything about her. Cuz then like when when he's cooking for her um like the face she makes when she eats what I'm guessing was some form of ratatouille, like right, our cacciatore. Um, also, he's forming this relationship with her in one night, and then like in two weeks, he's gonna move back to Rome. Is that is that what it, is that the idea that that's gonna happen? Because like the ending made it very sort of ambiguous. I mean, so. I remember watching this with my parents. So I saw this movie like when I was like 11 or 12. Cuz like there there's nothing bad in this movie. They say like fuck three times and that's about it. There's nothing really bad and mm. uh, <clears throat> so I just remember unless watching... you count uh, unless you count adultery. Well, I was like 12 or 11. I didn't know what was going on. I thought he was like barging into her house and be like, I don't care if you're in a negligee. Get me this wine guy. I want to take a nap at the same time you're taking a nap. I wasn't that stupid. <laughs> I thought that it's they the were 50s. I thought they were just smooching and doing tickle fights. Um, But yeah, so. I just remember the movie came to an end and my dad was like, what the hell was that? Like, what the hell's happening? There's no resolution? No, there really isn't. It's just left ambiguous. Just come in, have an omelet. They're sad. The end. They put their arms around each other and that's that. Sad. It's just sad eggs and bread for bre- for breakfast. Also, they did not refrigerate those eggs. <laughs> maybe they maybe they didn't need refrigeration. Some eggs like are some some eggs don't even need it. Also, I mean, it was the fi- also it was the fifties. Maybe this was before the time that they were putting enough like chemicals and stuff in them that they needed to refrigerate them. Okay, so the other insane thing about like how they cook stuff is is how. They never once established that that Tucci knows how to cook. Like they're like, "Oh, you cut stuff too small and it all tastes like garlic." Like they imply that he's a bad chef. Mm. <laughs> and then he's like cooking eggs. So I would have I would have loved for uh Shaloub sitting down, puts the egg in his mouth, spits it out and is like, "I'll make something better." <laughs> Really? Eggs and bread? This is what you're going to do after you fucking pummeled me in the sand? 
Their, okay, right. so their fight in the sand was like watching two like old men fight. <laughs> it was like watching one pillow fall on top of another <laughs> pillow. And then like the noise that Shalub makes, he just goes, eh! <laughs> <laughs> eh! I have nothing. He's anguished. He's anguished. <laughs> and, and then like... It wasn't supposed to be funny, but like all the sand in Shalub's hair when when he gets up. <laughs> and I love how everyone's watching and Allison Janney still sticks around. Like, is she that lonely? And when when he comes in after the the fight and after he left with Allison Janney, like the look on his face is like yeah, I had sex with C.J. Craig from uh, the West Wing. <laughs> Why exactly was Minnie Driver going swimming after she uh, discovered, you know, after she discovered Stanley Tucci cheating on her? Well, also, instead is that, of her... Is that, just, is that just her thing that she needs to cool off with? I don't know, but, like, also, her response right away is not like she's angry. She just smiles and goes, yeah, and, like, splashes Yeah, her. that... That was very playful. That's yeah. that's what I that's what I thought it was. And then she's like, "Don't you touch me." She, she wasn't even frowning at first in that first bit. No. And and like also are we to believe that that she's going to basically walk away with Aunt Mark Anthony like cuz cuz he walks away with her. Like he puts his coat over her and like walks her away. Is she going to sleep with with recording artist Mark Anthony? Do you need star, to know? Star, star of the film Hackers and El Caliente? Because I need to know. Oh, tell me, baby girl. Because I need to know. He won a Grammy for Deja that Deja vu. Stop it. <laughs> so, um, going back to... His conversations with uh, Tucci's conversations with with Ian Holm, like the mm-hmm. first time they're joking, like every time they have a conversation together, like he is not aware of how evil Ian Holm's character is. I mean, he's only been like you know making it obvious since the first time he steps into frame in the film, right? And like like. When when Ian Holmes shows up at their restaurant in the afternoon to have a drink with them, and he lets slip that he's the one who knows Louis Prima, and he goes, "Oh no, I'm sorry, I've ruined everything." Like, how the hell did he not know that Tucci? How the hell did Tucci not know that that mm. this man was screwing him over? And then it's just never brought up again. Until the very until like it's way too late, and I have to say, and my, oh, go and like Primo and Primo had like a look on his face, it was just like what the fuck that made me think like he was gonna have a big sort of argument with Secundo about it, and then they just move along. Well, so that was like the escalation of the of that big beach fight scene is like everything that he does, like at the beginning when the woman wants the side of spaghetti, and he's like. Well, I want to know who it, it's for. Just tell me who it's for. Like, 
all of his fights with with Tucci are about like running a restaurant because it's clear that Primo is an artist with an A. Like the reason mm-hmm. why he allows the the artist who is an actual painter to pay pay for his meals and paintings is because he is also an artist, but his canvas is, you know, the plate and yeah. his paints are food. Yeah, he's a perfectionist. Also, didn't you just want to see him make like a comically large plate of spaghetti and meatballs? <laughs> I kind of I mean, I hadn't thought of that, but now I kind of wanted to see that. <laughs> I I would have liked to have seen I would have liked to have seen what he did with hot dogs. <laughs> I I just he love he, he's like, "What? Okay, if we're going to get rid of the risotto, why don't we on the menu have something uh what is it? Hot dog? I wanted him to be like Frank Furters? Weenies? <laughs> I can make something called beanie weenie casserole. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, and I can't believe I'm agreeing with Segundo, he had a point. If people didn't understand the meals on their menu at first, yes. Make it so it's just like the classics that people know. Spaghetti and meatballs, shrimp scampi, um, lasagna. Like, that's how you, Alfredo. And then introduce specials. <laughs> or would yeah, it cost too much money to get a chalkboard? <laughs> that would have made far too much. That would have made far too much sense. And that's what they could have done. Like a Bob, like a Bob's Burgers specials chalkboard. Yes. Now also, I'm trying very hard. Now I'm trying very hard to think of a Italian food pun that would be appropriate. <laughs> um, <laughs> catch the catchatory. <laughs> catchatory, if you can. <laughs> There's one. Or catchatory me, if you can. <laughs> nope, nothing's coming to me. Maybe later. <laughs> Oh, you little scamp. E. E. (laughs) Let's see. On our menu, we have the Never Ending Possible, the Tour of Italy. Wait a minute. (laughs) We have something called a chocolate lasagna. Wait a minute. Now we're Olive Garden. (laughs) Did they ever say what the name of their restaurant was? Um... You know, I don't think they did. Like, there was a, the only exterior view. You don't get to see the sign out front close enough to actually see what it says. Because I know it was in Italian, but what if it translated to the Olive Garden? <laughs> you know, our slogan, when you're here, you're family. I mean, that pretty much just confirms that they got bought out then. <laughs> they got uh, they got McDonald's's. Because, <laughs> like, how... Ha- uh... Back then, for renovations, it probably would have been... You're looking at... They probably spent like $5,000 back then. For Is that ni- 1950s money? Yeah. Because like a house a house back in the 50s cost about $14,000. Hmm. So that's what you're looking at. So they're, they're you know mortgage or lease or whatever it is from the bank for the the place itself you're probably looking 
$20,000 for the location. And then, like, that includes $5,000. So you're looking at $15,000 for the, the mortgage and $5,000 for the renovations. Hmm. So that per month, <laughs> I love how this is now like an economics lesson. <laughs> it's so, a real estate podcast now. <laughs> We're the reeling realtors. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of Property Siblings. What was that from from uh, SNL? The third property brother, Proppy. I do not remember. So, uh, yeah. It's it their their monthly payments were probably between three hundred and four hundred dollars, mm. and they had that in the bank, but they it, they used that to basically be tricked. Like I would have loved for Tucci to be like when he's like, "What you do is you get Louis Prima to come, and then you throw a big party, and and then you know." He'll tell everyone, and he'll tell two friends, and so on, and so on. He should have just looked at Ian Holm and be like, you're trying to trick me, aren't you? But the other thing that they're not accounting for is probably they invited at least 15 to 20 people. Right. Those people have never been to the restaurant before. They're Mm -hmm. probably going to come back. Like, what if that night... Like, everyone who was at the party just showed back up. Yeah, what if they, t- what if they each tell two friends instead? Like, that that's, a much, me- that's a much wider, much wider sort of, you know, range. Because that's what's so crazy. Also, Tucci closes the restaurant. Like, they closed the restaurant before the actual dinner rush. They closed the restaurant at, like, 7 o'clock at night. Yeah, there's there's no reason why they couldn't have picked off a couple of extra, you know, a couple of extra stragglers before you know it's dinner before it's big time. Because because if what's his name, if Pascal's is like getting filled, they're not thinking correctly because those people will go across the street and be like, "This restaurant's open. I'm not going to wait, you know, forty five minutes to an hour for my, you know." spaghetti shoes or whatever weird gimmicky thing spaghetti you know shoes you know you know that like like ian holmes restaurant has like like spaghetti meatballs in the shape of loafers or something like he's got some weird gimmick like the spaghetti bow tie See that that's that's what i was trying to figure out i wasn't sure if you meant spaghetti in the shape of a shoe or shoes filled with spaghetti Now my brain hurts, but I meant spaghetti, uh, spaghetti in the shape of a shoe. Like the meatballs are the tongue and then like you tie it together. I'm picturing like the grossest meal, like something out of like Guy Fieri's restaurant. How would you eat that? Like you would have to find some way to just sort of keep that all structurally stable, first of all. And the only way I could think of is to, like, cook it into a mold. And by that point, uh, gross. Well, Gross if, molded spaghetti. If you look at, like, the food in his restaurant, they showed the food at Pascal's, and they looked disgusting. Mm. I, I didn't actually pay close attention to the food. Just the only food-related thing I saw there was, like, at one point there was, like, a flambe guy. And I just sort of assumed that. Was that was Ian Home. 
I just sort of assumed like that was their way of showing like, oh, it's all flashy there with no substance. Yeah, well, there was someone eating like the grossest tray of like spaghetti and meatballs that I've ever seen. Like it, it looked like something you would get at like a California pizza kitchen. Hmm. <laughs> See, that's what I like. I, 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 I like to think that like their their war is like a macaroni grill versus an Olive Garden. <laughs> what if both of their foods are terrible and people are just really good liars? <laughs> Or, or like it's, or like I mean, it's the 1950s, and they're all white people used to like uh, tuna casserole and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and so anything that's not like drowning in aspic is like amazing hot cuisine to them. Well, going back to Dina Spivey, I would love for when she's crying, and they're like, "Why are you crying? My mother was a terrible cook. She put a candle in a can of tuna fish and said it was a birthday cake." <laughs> Her mother's just there like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are you telling stories about your 12th birthday? <laughs> uh, see, like, if this was also, I was looking at the cast, and it, to think of, like, how famous all of these actors ended up becoming, like, at least three of them were in franchises. Mm. Shalhoub was in the, the Men in Black movies. Tucci was in The Hunger Games. Ian Holm was in Lord of the Rings. Minnie Driver has been in, like, everything from Goodwill Hunting to Phantom of the Opera, which we'll end up having to do. Alice and Janney, already mentioned. Yeah, West Wing. Then, then you have Liev Schreiber, who ended up becoming the biggest star out of all of them. Hmm. Uh, did Isabella Rossellini move on to anything, uh, really big? Well, she, she starred in a bunch of movies with our good friend, hi, David Lynch. She was in oh. Blue Velvet. She was I in remember Blue her. David, do you know who her mother is? I don't claim to know this. Ingrid Bergman. Wow. From Casablanca? My plate of spaghetti is talking. It's in the shape of a shoe. I am its dark passenger. <laughs> you know that they they probably like uh at Pascal's they also have something called like the birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just lasagna with a candle in it. <laughs> they got birthday timpano and it's literally just a cake. Okay, this so isn't Timpa. This isn't Timpano at all. Yes, it is. It's birthday Timpano. That's a cake. Those exist. <laughs> Shut up. I love I love uh Ian Holmes' reaction when he eats the Timpano. He just like gets so angry and he's like, You son of a bitch. I should kill you, that tastes so good. Like he's so scary. <laughs> then everyone just starts applauding. Yay. Like they're applauding because they're like terrified. <laughs> They're like, hey, 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 is he is he serious? Should we should we call someone? I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's the fifties. Oh, they're taking me to Isengard. <laughs> what if like characters from other movies that they've been in like just started showing up at the restaurant? You see like these two giant trees come in. We decided that you're not orcs, and we will have the timpano. 
Gimli just wandering around going, I have the eyes of a fox and the ears of a hawk. And then he turns around and there's just Timpano in his face. What if what if that was like why people stopped going to the restaurant? Like people left the restaurant, they had an amazing meal, and there's just Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith from Men in Black with the Mind Eraser. <laughs> they were secretly causing this this really nice restaurant to go bankrupt. Why exactly is that the jurisdiction of the men in black, though? <laughs> I'm just saying different characters from Sounds other... Sounds like some wires got crossed. <laughs> I said different characters from the movie franchises that they've all been in. Oh, okay. That still makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably cutting that part out. <laughs> and the, the Cadillac just starts talking. <laughs> Come on in the Cadillac, we're having fun! <laughs> Emily Tucci uh, was in Cars, right? No, he was in Robots. Oh. No, uh, Tony Shalhoub was in Cars. That's right, that's right. Yeah, he did the basically the same voice he does in this movie and that movie. Hmm. And it's uh, it still doesn't age well. Hmm, not really. I Okay, so I would have loved... Um, so do you know who was originally cast in this movie? Uh, who was as uh, as Phyllis before Mini Driver? Mini Driver hadn't really. She's billed first, but she the only other movie she was known for at this point was Golden Eye, and she has like two okay. lines in that movie. Mary Louise Parker from Weeds and um, West Wing was cast as Phyllis, and she mm. dropped out to be in a Broadway play. Ah. Uh. So it would have been so funny for her to be like, know how we should make this taste better? Let's put some weed in it. <laughs> that That's ultimately what gets people to stay. <laughs> oh, we like this place. There's drugs that in the dr- food. That would dramatically change the tone of the film. Like, it's no longer about like, oh, it's this very sad, bittersweet drama sort of thing. Now it's a silly weed comedy. <laughs> You guys ever had lasagna on weed? <laughs> yes, John Stewart. Yes, we have. <laughs> we couldn't get Louis Prima, but fish are here. Oh, yeah, we showed up. They promised us a free meal. Hi, we're fish. We weren't born yet. <laughs> we're going to do some covers of other band songs. You like Dave Matthews? Because we do. These are going to go on for approximately 45 minutes. And that's just one song. That's before we even break out the trampolines. My name's Trey, and they're serving food on a tray. <laughs> now I want to. Uh, now I want to see someone host discography deep dive and just do fish, and like, while knowing nothing about fish, <laughs> and it just goes on for for like forty five minutes. Well, that was one song. We can't cover any albums because they're all bootlegs. Their keyboardist is named Paige. I've been, he read some books. Anyway. Yeah. They do cover Celia Dan songs, right? Are you reeling in the evening? <laughs> no, no, they don't. I don't know. I don't know them. So, yeah, um, is there anything we forgot to talk about in this movie that you're, like, dying to talk about? 
I don't think so. I think we hit upon all like the major sort of points because like not a lot of really overtly silly things happen in this movie so much as just weird kind of you know logical questions like we've been talking about for this whole time. Also, I'm convinced that that piano changes locations like four times because when Campbell Scott is playing it, it's in like the back of the restaurant. When <laughs> when Stanley Tucci walks in and Ian Holm is playing it, it's at the front of the restaurant. It's like a freaking that was, TARDIS. That was that was an interesting uh, development. Like, oh yeah, that's that's part of my character now. I can play piano. <laughs> well, see ya. And this is my whole James Bond villain monologue. Let me explain to you why I'm screwing you over. Hold on, let me get my small Persian cat. There we go. Now the illusion is complete. Wow. <laughs> I love his speech. Is just really. I we, I already said his speech was so good, but that little speech that he gives him about who the talent is and puts Segundo in his place. He's like, I I don't care. I don't care who my wife sleeps with. <laughs> and he's like, I just want your brother to cook for me. To cook for me. <laughs> So, uh, how many bagels? Uh, how many bagels? Um, in spite of everything we said, I still like thought it was a good movie. I feel weird saying that I enjoyed the movie though, because it left me with like this weird feeling of like, like I recognize it's a good movie, but at the same time, it just gives me this weird feeling of, because like nothing gets resolved and it's all just so bittersweet at the end. And the whole thing is just so, like, no one catches a break. Um, I'm going to say, like, I will leave uh, 11 bagels. I'm leaving 12. I just, this movie's so good. Are you giving it 11 because you're telling your restaurant's going out of business? <laughs> I told you not to mention that on air. Well, that's what you get for having Billy Joel show up. I, just, you, you, I, I have a business, and I'm trying to get it to... Why aren't you doing the bit? Because <laughs> I want to see God how... Damn it, I se- God damn it, I set you up for it. I know. I know. But that's the other part of this bit is where you start doing it and I stop. Deja vu. Stop it. <laughs> no, but how great would it have been at the end of the movie? Like, you just hear someone walk in and it's Billy Joel and he's like, hey, this would make a great song. <laughs> And that's just how the movie ends. I mean, like, what I was saying about how there not being any sort of resolution, at the on the other hand, if there was just, like, a legit sort of unequivocal happy ending, that probably would have cheapened everything. <laughs> hey, Segundo, I found $500,000 in the back of this restaurant, hidden in the walls. <laughs> now we can buy out Pascal. Rodney Dangerfield pops in and goes, Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And everyone at the party pops in out of nowhere. (laughs) Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. So, yeah, I'm giving this 12. Um, I'm sticking with 11. It's it's such a good movie. It's so good. And it's a shame that it wasn't nominated. Hmm. Um, Do you have anything to promote? Uh, yeah, go check Scott and I's other podcast out on the Zero Science Network, Hell is a Musical, where Scott tries to get me to like movie musicals, and it doesn't always work. Uh, we got a tweet where someone's like, uh, are you copying Lindsay Ellis? I'm like, what are you talking about? Apparently, like, 
a few years ago, Lindsay Ellis tried doing something very similar to that. Honestly, I had no idea that was even happening until well after we started doing this. Yeah. Neither. And like, really, it's just like, nope, no one has like a trademark on a format like that. Like, we can do a bad movie musical podcast at the same time if we want. Yeah. <laughs> now we Shut need up. merchandise. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, check out our podcasts. Uh, check uh, out... Also- Jukebox Zeros. Yep, that's the other podcast I do with uh, Patrick S. Barry, who I believe has also been on here with me. So that's fun. Uh, we've been taking January off just to give us a little break, but we're going to be coming back in February with new episodes. So, yeah. Um, thanks for doing this. <laughs> thanks for having me. Uh, until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. Deja vu. Stop it.